0: Conquer Local. Come on, George. I'm happy to be here.
1: I help leaders go from anxiety to authority under pressure. And then let's go and get it. It's an ecosystem. The hardest part here is going to be getting me to shut up on this one. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Hosted by George Lee.
0: This is the Conquer Local podcast. A show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith, and on this episode, we welcome Paul Zakopoulos. Paul is the vice president of IBM Technology Group, responsible for skills and enablement. He's an award-winning professional writer and speaker, who's been consulted on the topic of AI and big data by the popular TV show, 60 Minutes. Paul's been named to dozens of global experts to follow and influencer lists, including Analytic Insights, the top 100 global AI and big data influencers. He's written 21 books, including The AI Ladder, Cloud Without Compromise, and three for Dummies titles all around AI and over 360 articles during his accidental 28-year career as a data nerd. At IBM, Paul leads from the front, helping to shape the strategic direction in a tech years like dog years world for the IBM technology unit. And all IBM software and hardware, sales, tech sales, partner ecosystem, he's leading journeys and upskilling programs. Coming up next, Paul Zakopoulos. On the Conquer Local podcast. Vendasta has a new product just in time for the holiday shopping season streaming TV commercials and digital billboards. Ad Critter, now available in Vendasta's marketplace, already has the ads made for you. Easily launch a campaign with a few clicks. Try Ad Critter today. Welcome to Paul Zakopoulos on the show. We are video. Paul, we haven't been doing video. This is uh, we've done 250 episodes of the Conquer Local podcast, and you're joining us as we've transitioned to video. And you look great. Thanks for joining us all the way from Oshawa, Ontario. And uh, you know, I, I've got to talk. We in the intro, we talked about you're on 60 Minutes. You didn't really, you didn't really start out to get into this this AI world and be, you know, a self-proclaimed data nerd, you know, how, how did you end up here? How you did, don't really have a technical background. So I'd, I'd love to understand that for our listeners.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's quite, it's been an interesting journey. Uh, and I, I have to get a lot of credit to my employer, IBM. I've been with them 28 years and people often ask me 20 years. It's a long time these days. Uh, but I've always been able to, Enhance my skills. I love to learn, and, and that's simple as that. So, what I thought I'd go from never taking a computer course to writing 21 books on technology. Nope. And that's a credit, I think, to the grit that I brought to the, to the, to the employer and what the employer gave me in terms of opportunity. But so there I am, and I, I have to be candid with you. Uh, how do I get started? I just apply for a job in document writing, information uh, development, ID at IBM. I get hired for like 32 grand a year head, I think I'm rich because I'm in university and I'm broke. So I just take the job, right? I was just like, I just need to get a job. And then I got in there and just started to learn how to communicate technology and at the same time learn the technology and then start to communicate it. And that was really the start of it. And I think in today's kind of learning economy, that's what I will call it, at no time in history, have you ever been able to pivot or learn something about anything at any time? So, there's really an opportunity for everyone to get involved in whatever they want to do. And that's how it started. And from there, it's just showing up every day with a thought process that says, learning never ends, and I'm going to learn more today than I did yesterday. And that adds up over decades. And here we are.
0: Well, Paul, it's super inspiring as well for those that maybe need to polish up on their learning skills or maybe are feeling a little bit like they're getting left behind. And I I hear that in in listener comments from the Conquer Local um, listeners all over the world. Sometimes I get these comments on LinkedIn that come in, messages saying, you know, um, I really have to get better at learning and I have to understand that, you know, I, I don't want to get passed by. Like, And I, I feel that myself on a day-to-day basis. Is I work in a tech yeah. company too and there's a lot of really smart young people in here that, quite frankly, scare me uh, into, you know, polishing up on those learning skills. Is there, is there any advice that you could give to the, the audience around how they could get better at that?
1: 100%. Like, well, let me just ask you this question. If you look like you work out, so if you went to the gym and you met a personal trainer and they said, hey, if you work out for the next two months and follow my program, you'll never have to work out for the rest of your life would you think that person was crazy? Of course you would. So why do we think that our skills in learning suddenly stop? Learning never ends. In fact, I would tell you that learning begins once you leave university is where real learning begins on your shoulders. And I think the example I will give you is uh, Bradley Cooper. If you know Bradley Cooper from the movie, A Star is Born with Lady Gaga. He's this drunk, washed out kind of country singer that discovers Lady Gaga. Well, everyone knows the movie, what most people don't know is lady gaga demanded that he sing everything live and no auto tuning so this is one of hollywood's most sought-off actors he spent three and a half years taking piano lessons singing lessons guitar lessons for this role and it's a remake of a movie they filmed it in 42 days so i think if bradley cooper spends three and a half years honing his skills for a movie we should be honing our skills every day as well and uh, Hopefully, that kind of analogy fits. If I told you you didn't have to work out for the rest of your life, do you think you'd stay in shape? And the answer would be no. And the same's going to be with your skills. And you add to that the fact that tech years are like dog years and technology is affecting everything in our lives. I like to say that technology affects if we live by die or try these days, then we're going to have to keep upskilling and it becomes a culture of never
0: ending learning. Well, that uh, I'm inspired. Like that inspired me. Who wouldn't want to be Bradley Cooper? Like that that that's very inspiring. So artificial he can't intelligence
1: he'll make what he'll make but.
0: <laughs> So artificial yeah. intelligence buzzword. Um, you hear it everywhere. Uh, there's a lot of debate around AI. I was uh, just recently at a, a conference in Florence. Um, and my presentation was around sales. and every other presentation it seemed was about AI. So I said AI in my presentation just to tie in with all the other presenters. <laughs> We saw technology that can put a statue of David in any situation that you want was the example because we were in Florence, but I'd love to hear from you, vice president, technology group skills and enablement. What the hell is it really?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've written a number of books on AI. My last book is called The AI Ladder. And it was really this guidebook for business people to understand and move AI from what everybody talks about to actual real life changes to a company. Um, I think I'll start with this notion. We are being overwhelmed by data. Okay. So if I was to think about the amount of data that I collect and plot that as a curve, a data collection curve might be really steep, but a data understanding curve would be kind of flat. And the, the difference between those curves is what I call the price of not knowing. We can't understand the data that we collect. And so if you've been in the analytics or the BI business intelligence game for a while, you used to always hear about, Oh, go find a needle in the haystack. But with that kind of data collection curve, we're actually looking for needles in a stack of needles. And so quite frankly, we need as humans, we need help. And that's where AI can help us, you know, sense, understand, see patterns, listen, hear, emote, and all these kinds of things. But it's not magic. And I think that's the biggest thing that everybody thinks that AI is just magic. And so if I had to give you a a way that AI is different from everything else, I think I'd give you this type of uh, analogy or explanation. When we write rules for applications, a developer comes in, and they write some code. And we create all these rules. But AI works different. In AI, we don't write rules we give AI examples of the data. And the AI, so we feed data to the network, and the AI builds its own logic. So we explain things not with instructions, but examples. Now that is the fundamental basis of AI. Mm -hmm. And so whether I'm trying to detect whether a mole on my arm is potentially cancerous, I would give it lots of examples of cancerous moles and non-cancerous moles. Whether I'm trying to teach AI whether or not this particular person that I'm underwriting is a credit risk or an insurance risk, I would give examples of insurance risks and credit risks and examples of those who are not and the AI will figure the logic. So if I wanted to teach AI what the letter A was, now the letter A could be a cat and it could be how much is front end damage on an insurance claim, it could be anything. Like that's the beauty of it, we just changed the data. I would give it a whole bunch of A's in all kinds of different fonts, thousands of different fonts. And eventually the AI would say, well, it looks to me an A typically has a little hole in the middle or an angle. It has an apex. It has a bridge across from each line and has two feet. And then that's how we would discover AI. Now, of course, under the covers, these are all mathematical representations, but that is in a nutshell, what AI is give the AI data and examples, and it will figure out how to get to those and predict those.
0: That is probably the best interpretation of that overused buzzword that I've ever heard. So thank you for that, Paul. It, it finally makes sense yeah. to me. In Much overused. today's yeah. environment that we're in, I have noticed that buyers have a tendency to be talking more about efficiencies and automation than maybe even growth, which is weird because for the longest time it was grow, grow, grow at all costs, but there's a thing happening right now with inflation and we're looking at, you know, record layoffs happening. And I don't even want to use the R word because I believe if you use it, then it happens. Um, But when I hear AI and hear the way that you explain it, um, how could we talk to a business owner about the way to get started with AI? Because there's a huge demand there, I find, from customers going, I need AI um do they really need ai or do they need what ai could provide and i'd love if you could break it down how does somebody get started yeah. with ai
1: so there's no question we're in this hyperinflationary environment and it's causing businesses to have to rethink we are seeing revenue growth but we're seeing a shrinkage of cash flow and that's because the costs of business are enormous beyond wage costs, but that's obviously, especially in the tech sector. I think today, it's November the 9th, uh, Meta, Facebook just announced a 13% layoff of their entire force. That is massive. And so that's, that's an AI company. So I, I think that the first thing you understand is AI is not magic and there's no place for data science projects. You don't do AI for fun. And I can tell you, I was at the forefront of the big data movement. I wrote the book Hadoop for Dummies. That's very ubiquitous technology at the time with big data. And so many customers failed at the, what they were doing because they weren't delivering value to the business. So if I put my business hat on, or is where I kind of come from, I would approach customers and I would say, look, we should really create two categories of your investments in this coming year and the challenging up and coming potential recession we'll see. You will either spend money to save money or spend money to make money. When you spend money to save money, you're renovating the infrastructure. And when you spend money to make money, you're innovating the infrastructure and your digital transformation. And in this kind of inflationary times, you need a strategy to spend money to save money. And then we can take those savings and fund or spend money to make money. And AI can be enormously helpful on either of those, spend to save, spend to make. And so I advise folks is to take some AI projects and throw them away now take your business needs bring them to the table and let's arrange them under three categories because this is how i ask everyone to categorize ai you will use ai either to optimize the business the process etc etc to automate the business the process etc etc or to predict the business the process and so on and so if we start creating this two-dimensional model spend to save spend to make take these business initiatives that we have to do, so maybe it's more frictionless customer onboarding, uh, a better way to process insurance claims that are under $500 for front-end damage, and then we put them into those three pillars, optimize, automate, or predict, you're going to have an excellent blueprint for which to get started and start to drive value of AI because you'll be led by business and not by a bunch of data scientists that want to go and run some algorithms. And that's the best advice I could give.
0: Well, and I like that. And I also like business intelligence. Uh, you know, I work with a bunch of folks that do that work, but I've found also that they want an outcome from the work that they're doing as well. You're really focusing this around three outcomes. Can we automate certain things? Can we optimize certain things? And can we predict? And, and having that outcome focus then makes the use of technology, the investment in technology, really just be a, a rational decision, in my opinion you find that as well yeah
1: yeah 100 percent. and then the other little kind of turbo boost to that is for you to understand as businesses that data is going to come from places you would have never imagined and that is what's feeding that collection data curve that i talked about so it's Going and applying to business projects and getting them classified correctly, and then opening our aperture of where the data will come from. And since you brought up Italy, I want to give you like a, a, an interesting fact where you would have never thought, wow, data comes from there. So, uh, we, I mean, we mentioned uh, Facebook Meta earlier. They own the, the uh, app WhatsApp a messaging mm-hmm. app. fact, that's uh, 25% of the world's population is on WhatsApp. Second most popular non-bundled app in the world, WhatsApp. Well, in Italy, WhatsApp um, messages, evidence, is used to divorce nearly half of Italian adulterers. So the head of the Matrimonial Association for Lawyers in Italy said, we've seen adulterers using WhatsApp uh, to maintain three or four relationships. It's like dynamite. So I'll ask you, would you ever think that a law society would start advising folks to use WhatsApp evidence in the discovery process and natural language processing to categorize for an at-fault divorce country? Never. So that should give you an idea of just how wide the aperture is for the data. And now if we focus it on the outcomes for the business, we can get somewhere way more quickly than the other approach.
0: No, and it's that is an interesting analogy. I've got one that just popped up the other day. My timeline on, on Google Maps told me that I'd, been to the local watering hole by our house 248 times this year. Well, hopefully it's not this year. I don't know what the timeline was, but I saw the 248, and I was like, whoa, that's a lot of time. Um, but you're right. The data can come from everywhere, and and that is, a, that is an interesting analogy. That's for sure, and we all hear more stories about that. There, there's one when people hear the word AI and there's been the odd thing, Elon Musk came out one day and said, Oh, we got to be really careful with AI. And then others are like, no, we need more AI. And then I think back to, you know, that movie with the robots that took over and, you know, the very famous franchise of Terminator. And, and the question is, you know, when, when will AI take over our jobs and when will we fight against it? Like I are, do you hear that as well in, in your role?
1: All the time, and it's more the fear and a lack of understanding of what AI t- is today, right? I mean, that's that's what's happening there. So you talk about movies, you think about Ultron and the Avengers movie, where they created this AI, and it was to keep the peace among humankind. Uh, it figured out that humans are responsible for disrupting the peace, so it concluded that AI uh, has to kill all the people, <laughs> right? And you're like, oh, and so that makes people get scared of- but that kind of AI is best left for the movies, quite frankly. Um, the danger in AI isn't having these kind of AI-powered robots with autonomy that will kind of take over our lives. To me, the scary part should be the data that we're using to train the AI. And I, I alluded to this earlier, but and not to sound Doctor Seussish, but AI is going to decide whether you live, by die, or try. And so if it's going to do that, then we have to move into this new world where it's not just about how accurate is the AI, but it has to be accountable AI. And while that's a whole podcast on its own, I do hear that. And then I do hear uh, discussions about jobs. Will this replace my job and will it not? And, um, you know, I have more to say about that if you want to talk about that, but you tell me.
0: Well, Paul, you know, we covered off a few really important items that, that have helped me to understand this. And it's not just the fact that that uh, I was at this conference recently and everybody was talking about AI. We've been hearing about this for years now and we wanted to bring on an expert like you to the show to help our audience of sales professionals all over the world kind of understand more about it. And you've done a great job of setting the foundation. I love the fact that we talked about how to get started with AI around that idea of automation, optimization and prediction. But I do want to dig deeper into, you know, maybe the dark side of it. The, you know, we get a little paranoid almost yeah. around it. And I think that I know you are definitely the professional that can help us to understand it more. So I'm going to call an audible. We're doing two episodes with Paul. We're going to come back next okay. week with another episode and we'll talk more about AI. Will it replace our jobs? AI. Is it mankind versus robots? Paul Zakopoulos, vice president, at IBM technology group skills and enablement. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the Conquer Local podcast, and we'll see you next week. The biggest takeaways from today's episode with Paul, we can write rules for code, but in AI, they don't write rules. They give examples and explain things with instructions. And I like how Paul breaks down our questioning using layman's terms. For instance, he highlighted examples of cancerous moles and non-cancerous moles and the statistics from their findings and the research. And that's how they train the artificial intelligence. Not only did we cover the accuracy about AI, but on how to build accountable AI and discussions around what our jobs might look like. And we'll be getting into more details around AI and how it might affect the workforce in next week's episode. Stay tuned for part two coming up next week. And if you like Paul's episode discussing artificial intelligence, let's continue the conversation. Check out episodes 518 and 519 around digital accessibility with our friends from AudioEye, Alyssa Smith and Ty Damore. Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you hear the Conquer Local podcast. And thanks for joining us this week. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you.
1: You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Tune in next week for a new episode. Guest Discovery and produced by Sullivan Adams. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Nicole Lozon, and Sullivan Adam. Executive producers, Brendan King, George Leaf, and Solomon Adam. Recorded at Mandasta Headquarters on the Canadian Prairies.